This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. And a guten Erev Shabbos. I'm Mashi Lipsker. This is 11.9 High FM. Delighted to be with you on this Erev Shabbos double parsha. Shabbos Chazak, Shabbos Mavorchim, and a Shabbos of reminding us that we are on a journey. And the journey is not one journey, but we're told that each one of us has actually 42 journeys in our lives. Interesting, isn't it? We're in the three weeks. It's Erev Shabbos of the second Shabbos of the three weeks. And we'll be lighting candles at 5.18. So the days are getting longer. And we need to see to fill these days with growth and goodness. Historically, it's a time of difficulty. Historically, it's a time of, God forbid, tragedy. But we know that every aspect of life comes from Hashem. And from him comes only goodness. And the question is, how do we react? So we want to talk journeys. We want to talk daily journeys. We want to talk personal journeys. We want to talk national, international journeys. God created this world with a purpose. And each one of us plays our part in making Hashem happy, in ultimately helping Him to realize the goal, to realize His desire in having created this world. On a daily basis, we review that. On a daily basis, we journey. And the Lubavitcher Rebbe explains that prayer, davening, is a journey. Davening, of course, is likened unto a ladder. Jacob's ladder that stood firmly on the ground or into the ground and the top of which reached the heavens. And on a daily basis, we climb the ladder. We ascend toward heaven. We are firmly rooted in the materialism. We are physical beings. Nevertheless, through stages in a, on a daily basis and stages of our lives, we, remaining, standing on the ground, living in this world, being part of a family and a society, we can reach heaven. But the latter remains connecting the one to the other. Hashem does not intend us to leave this world. This is the best place to be. This is where the action is. This is where the most can be accomplished. And when we start our day in the morning with modeh ani, we basically begin the day with 12 words. And these 12 words are our gratitude to Hashem for having given us a new day. We say the words of Modani, which means, I give thanks or I acknowledge to the great and living King for having restored my soul within me with mercy. And then we say, great is your faithfulness. And the Rebbe explains, 
great is your faithfulness also incorporates our faith continues to become greater. With every day that we live, Rabo Emunasecha, the faith that God implanted within us becomes honed. And that constantly we reach a, n- a newer level of faith. Look, I have another day. Look, there's opportunity. Look, the great king is standing at my bed. And my faith grows and grows. We too need to emulate Hashem, who constantly gives us new chances, new energy, new opportunities. We must constantly be fresh like the new day, excited to tackle whatever is happening, and of course, forgiving to give others another opportunity and another opportunity. And we begin with Modani, these 12 words. And then we start our day. And when we stand up to pray, prayer is a ladder. And gradually we reach higher and higher till we come to the Shema, which interestingly also begins with 12 words. The six words of Shema, Yisrael, Hashem, Elekeinu, Hashem, Echad, and the other six words of the Baruch Shem. And then, What is the 13th word? And you shall love. The basis of life is love. In fact, that's the 13th word. And Ahava also adds up to 13. And we move then to the Amidah, where it's actual close communion with Hashem. Prayer is a ladder. Prayer prepares us for the day. There are different stages in life. There are places we will go and places we will never go. And every person has his mission, his place. Some people travel. Some people stay in the same place. But from Hashem are the footsteps of man set out. May Hashem mitzadeh gever koinonu. Nothing happens by mistake. We go somewhere it's predestined. Our choice, what we're going to do there. And so we come to a magnificent double parsha where we stand on the threshold of the month of Av, where we're going to conclude the fourth book of the Torah. What does that tell you? We've got about two months to Rosh Hashanah, of course. The first of Av, the first of Elul, the first of Tishrei. Lots is happening. And although we are in the time of mourning for the Holy Temple, we need to turn our mourning into positivity and building. Because when we feel something, we have a choice how to react. And as Hashem continues every day to give us a new day, no matter what happened before, we need to take that history and turn it around and renew the relationship. As we say at the end of Eicha, Chadesh Yomenu Kikedem, renew our days as of old. Every day is a new opportunity. Every morning is a new opportunity. And 
perhaps every three weeks. God forbid they should even finish. We want Mashiach now. But it's an opportunity to align with the energy that was there then. And although it was historically a time of destruction, of failure, inherent in every challenge, there is the opportunity for success, for glory. And it's up to us to harness the light that exists in this darkness of these three weeks. And the question is, how do we do it? What was the disappointment? The disappointment was that we did not choose correctly. And what can we do to change it? We can turn these days of mourning and sorrow into days of joy and rejoicing. Yehovchu yomim elu. How? Well, we look at how, or the cause for the destruction, and that was causeless hate. That was unwarranted hate. That was something called sinas chinam, sinat chinam. We remedy that with ahavat chinam, showing favors to others behaving kindly toward ourselves, kindly toward others, not because they might deserve it, but just because, just like Hashem, every morning gives us back our soul, and we have our opportunities re-energized to fix it. No matter what happened yesterday, we can climb, we can leave the negative, we can turn the negative around. And so... With ahavat chinam, with forgiving, with showering goodness upon others just because, particularly when you don't feel like it, as we will shortly discuss. And so we come to a parsha where after battling with the two mighty kings, Sihon and Og, where after Their parents had spent 40 years wandering in the desert. That was the desert that the parents didn't want to leave. Now, we come to two parshiot. The one, Matois, the other one, Masse. The Jews stand now on the threshold of the promised land. It's like us today. We stand on the threshold of redemption. And the time we are in which is a time of destruction, holds the seeds, holds the promise of redemption. And the Jewish people in Parshas Matos are going to battle. What spiritual message is in that for us? What is our battle? Our battle is... To attack the physicality, the materialism, the concept that this world is just material. We've got to constantly fight with ourselves and change that notion. We need to infuse the land. We need to infuse the materialism with a God consciousness. And that was their mandate in going into the land. They had to attack the land. 
They had to attack the physicality of the land, their relationship with materialism, and infuse their relationship with materialism with a God consciousness. And we're going to come to some very interesting aspects. But before we do that, let's hear about this. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. I'm Mashi Lipsker. Delighted to be with you on this Erev Shabbos, which is Erev Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. It's Shabbos Chazak. We're going to finish the fourth book of the Chumash. Yes, Rosh Hashanah is coming. It's a special Shabbos. It's the second Shabbos of the three weeks. And although it's a time of national mourning, there's greatness and opportunity inherent, extra opportunity inherent at this time. We read two parshas, and the first parsha is called Matois, Matot. And it stands for, well, it means tribes, but there's another word for tribe, and that's Shavit. What's the difference between a Shavit, which is a tribe, and a Mate, which is a tribe? Well, what's the difference between a Shavit, which is part of a tree, and a Mate that's part of a tree? A Mate is a stick. It's hard. It's firm. A Shavit is a soft branch, pliable, still attached to the tree or maybe just recently torn off. The Shavit is connected. The mate is severed. And we're told that not only does Shavit refer to a tribe or mate refer to a tribe, but they also refer to the neshama, the soul. And the soul is called a Shavit before it comes down into this world. It's connected. It's totally in a realm of spirituality. Before it descends, it's soft, it's pliable, it's connected. When it comes into this world, it is severed, as it were, or visibly severed from its source. And in this world, it needs to be hard and firm. It must be. In this world, very often, it becomes distance from godliness so what are the positives in that? Everything in this world which, and everything in our lives which seems to be negative has a positive part. But if we use the inflexibility within us to dedicate ourselves to our principles, be inflexible in our devotion to the things that matter, be resistant to just having a physical life. We are here to make a dwelling place for God. And with our devotion to Torah principles, our resistance to just getting sucked into the superficiality, we become a mate. We use the inflexibility at the right time and in the right place to build a home for Hashem. You know, in this week's parsha, it begins, the parsha begins 
the first parasha with the laws of vows and oaths. I love the fact that the Torah explains to us that we need to put boundaries into place. A person must put boundaries for himself if he feels they are needed in order to protect him on his journey to create, to bring about a dwelling place for Hashem in this world. Some people say, I just want to be free. Don't tell me what to do. I want to be creative. I want to discover it for myself. But very often, after a life lived like that, you come back to the basic understanding of the Torah principles. You've learned what Torah could have told you at the beginning. And had you journeyed with Torah, it would have been a ladder. It would have been a progression that would take you to incredible places. Let's not limit ourselves. Let's avail ourselves of what is there and use it as leverage to grow and to expand. This week we have two parshas. The first one, Matot, which talks about being firm. And the second one is Mas A, which speaks about journeys, the 42 journeys from Egypt to the Promised Land. We need to combine them. There are times in our journeys when we need to be totally anchored. We need to be totally inflexible, as it were, in our devotion to the goal, to the principles that will get us there. We need to be firm and resistant to outside influences so that we will achieve a dwelling place for Hashem in this world. The Rebbe explains that there's one feature of human life, and that is change. In truth, all of creation undergoes change. The lower forms, they grow, they learn, they adapt. But you know, when they reach maturity... They remain what they are, not so the human being. Every day that we're in this world, every day that we say the Modani in the morning, we have the opportunity to soar, no matter our age, no matter our stage. Even angels, which are the forms of life above us, are unchanging. Every angel has an unchanging form, as it were. He is who he is. Each one is a different personification of divine consciousness or divine emotion. But only human beings are capable of changing the way they look at life. The latter, progressing higher. And where are we going? We want to become more God-conscious. How can we become more God-conscious? There are two ways. Two ways. And when we look at the wonderful Hayom Yom of yesterday, the 24th day of Menachem Av, we will hear an amazing thing. The truth is that's wrong. I want the 26th day of Menachem Av, that which was yesterday. Sure, sorry about that. And it's a very special day in our family 
because it is the yard site of our father of blessed memory. And this year, as you heard me mention last week, last Friday was his, uh, it was his yard site. It was his 40th yard site. Um, actually two weeks ago, no? Yeah, the 13th of Av. And yesterday, the 26th day of Menachem Av would have been his 94th birthday. And this amazing teaching that he adored. And the teaching is Oh, I am in the wrong month. I am in the wrong place. The 26th day of Tammuz. Now you'll know I'm really submished. Here we go. The 26th day of Tammuz. And he says as follows. When a person is studying Torah, what he does is, what's the goal? What's the method? The person devotes himself to a concept that he's trying to understand and that ultimately he understands. So he labors with his mind. He's trying to use his mind to grasp a Torah concept and ultimately understand it. And then the teaching is, when he is davening, when he is praying, he gives himself over to something which is higher than his understanding. In Yiddish, in Lernen, is die Ibergegebenkeit von Menschen zu Asach, welche er will verstehen und versteht. In Davnen is die Ibergegebenkeit zu Hecher wie Verstand. So when we study Torah, we devote ourselves to trying to understand a concept which ultimately the person understands. But praying is different. When a person is davening, praying, it's not about understanding who God is. It's not about understanding. It's about devotion to something which transcends understanding. And then, the second part. While studying Torah, a yid feels like a student before his mentor. In lernen, in lernen teire, but while praying, he feels like a son before his father. In Davnen, via kind by a fotter. How rich, how powerful, how blessed are we. When we study the Torah, there's a devotion of student to teacher. There's a humility but grappling with concepts and trying to grasp them. But while praying, a person feels like a child with his father. A wonderful, emotional experience. The study of Torah is an intellectual experience. Prayer is an emotional experience. And each of us has both of these elements. We have a godly soul which is an actual spark of God. And then we have an animal soul, which is rooted in our physicality. Our consciousness is born out of the interaction between the two. 
So what is divine service, Avodah Hashem? That entails heightening our awareness of the godly side and training the animal side to follow the godly side. And the two tools that we've been given to achieve this are prayer and Torah study. What does prayer develop? It develops our consciousness, our awareness of the presence of God. And that transcends our understanding. But it allows the emotional part of the godly soul to express itself just as a child loves his father. Torah study, on the other hand, involves training ourselves, including training the way the animal soul thinks. Training ourselves to think the way God wants us to think. That's what Torah study does for us. We train ourselves in a Torah way of understanding. Hashem expresses himself in the Torah. And he uses words that we can understand. He uses examples. He uses mitzvahs that we can understand, that we can embrace, that we can incorporate into our lives. But we need to remember that it's Hashem expressing himself in the Torah and coming down on our level, coming down to us so that we can understand the words and grasp the concepts And it's all so we can improve ourselves. Well, in this case, it's not to to go beyond what we understand, but to involve ourselves in concepts that we can understand. And what's powerful is that when we study Torah and we internalize what Torah is telling us, it refines our way of thinking in the light of what we have studied and understood, it's not about going beyond our understanding. Torah study elevates and refines the way we think. So when a person studies the Torah and he devotes himself to a concept that he's trying to understand and ultimately does understand, he is like a student before his master. And when a person prays, and he gives himself over to that which transcends his understanding, he feels like a son before his father. And the Torah study refines the way we think, trains us to think differently. And our work, our divine service, is to heighten our awareness of the godly soul through both of these media, and to train our animal soul, to refine our animal soul, to elevate our animal soul, whether it's feeling or thinking, to follow the godly soul. Before we started this, we said that the feature of human life is change. Lower forms, they grow, they learn, they adapt, but then they reach maturity and they have arrived. They remain what they are. Even angels, the forms of life that are above us, are unchanging. Every angel is what he is. 
He's a personification of divine consciousness, a personification of godly emotion. But we are capable of changing. We're capable of changing the way we look at life. We're capable of progressing higher, becoming more God-conscious. When we study the Torah and we expand our understanding of reality, we become more God-conscious. But we have to avoid stagnation. We have to continuously work at it. It's a process. Striving to expand our spiritual horizons and to seek higher levels and more refined levels of living. What's the secret of life? Keep on moving. And that's the second parsha. Keep on journeying upward. And we mustn't look at progress as something that I have done. Look how far I've come. In other words, it's not about looking into the past and saying, look how much I've studied. Look how many mitzvahs I'm doing. Look how far I've come. I've refined myself, etc. But we have to look at progress primarily as something I'm going to do, something I'm striving for in the future, particularly in these days when we commemorate the destruction of the temple. What are we striving for? We're striving to rebuild that temple. When causeless animosity and hate destroyed the temple, we want to harness every bit of energy to spread the love, to spread the goodness. Ahavas chinam. Love, not because I'm going to get something back, not because you're wealthy and you're going to reward me, or you're famous and I'm going to be so popular, or because you're royal, or because you're refined and I can learn from you, just because. To do favors just because. We'll be right back after this short break. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. I'm Mashi Lipsker. This is Erev Shabbos Chazak. We're going to finish the fourth book of the Chumash. This is Erev Shabbos Mevarchim Chodesh Ov, Menachem Ov. We're going to be blessing the new month of Menachem Ov. And this is the second Shabbos of the three weeks. And this is a double parsha. And as my daughter Mushki mentioned, it makes her remember how every Friday night and every Shabbos, um, my husband would ask the children at the table, can you think of 14 things that make this Shabbos special? And it was always very exciting as they remembered or they proposed all kinds of reasons that this Shabbos and every Shabbos is special, that the particular Shabbos was special. We have a double parsha, and it prepares us for the month of Av. The name of the month coming up is Av, which means father, but we call it Menachem Av, comfort the father. The father is Hashem who has a plan. The father is Hashem who every morning 
and so many mornings in history has given us a new opportunity. And the father is yearning for his children. The father is yearning to make the children part of the journey to a most glorious goal, and that is to dwell eternally with his children in this physical world, to reveal godliness in this world, to see the godly side of what we call reality, the materialism, the physicality. But it's up to the children to do it. He provides them with the wherewithal. He gives us abilities, health, a new day, insight, our minds, our hearts, our bodies, our souls. He gives us neighbors. He gives us friends and family. He gives us the power to speak, to think, to act, to breathe. And he keeps on giving us those gifts. And he yearns for us to use them, to plow them back into the situations that he sets up. So he takes us to a certain point, and then he yearns to see us use the treasures that he has filled us with. Our pockets are laden, our hearts, our minds, our hands. Everything about us is so rich. And he's yearning for us to be kind to each other. He's yearning for us to build his world. The secret of life, keep moving. Keep journeying, no matter how dark it looks. Each one of us has our own journeys and collective journeys. Each one of us lands in difficult places. But within that difficulty, there is such opportunity the darker the place, the greater the opportunity. We are so blessed. We are so gifted. And let us use every bit of our abilities to build the world and achieve the goal. Bring about the light, especially from the darkness. Keep journeying upward. Don't look back and say, look how much I've achieved. But look at progress at what still needs to be done. And all the journeys are, as it were, journeying from the land of Egypt. What does it mean? Only the first journey took them out of Egypt. How could it be that these are the journeys that took them out of Egypt? Elamase b'nei Yisrael, asher yotzu me'eretz Mitzrayim. Journeys is plural. And there were many, many journeys after the first journey of leaving Egypt. And that exactly is the answer. What is Egypt? Egypt, as we've said many times, is limitation. Meitzar ugvul, limit, boundary. That's the word tsar. Think of the word tsoro. Tsar is narrow. Tsaurus constrict us. Journeying from Egypt, the mandate is transcend limits. And there were many journeys, 42 journeys. Some were glorious stops. Others 
stops at which the Jewish nation fell backwards, even retreated. And how could they be considered progress? We need to remember that there will be times in our lives when we will fall. We will regress, seemingly. We will retreat. But inside these difficult situations, there are lessons to be learned. And there are lessons that we will apply to the progress of the future. It's almost like stepping back to leap forward. Sometimes we have to learn the lessons in a hard way. Sometimes looking to live in a divine way rather than in a materialistic way comes with a hard lesson. But they're all called journeys. And in the long run, even those journeys contributed to the final arrival. And the lesson is clear. In order to progress in life, we have to learn how to see every regression, every tzora, every hard time as a lesson in how to progress further. And because every soul has their own journey, Hashem Taylor makes the challenges to each one of us. We have to learn to turn failure into success. How do you turn failure into success? You need to change. You need to journey, not remain stuck. Very often we have an idea, and that idea cripples us. Because that idea is, this is how I want it to be. And if it's not like this, it's not a success. And if it's not like this, I'm suffering. And the suffering paralyzes us. Instead, we need to have different glasses to look at a challenge and to look at a failure. And to say within the darkness, there is light. And only we can access that light. Like these days of darkness, of destruction, contain the greatest light. Yerida Tsarechalia, every descent is for the purpose of a higher ascent. We need to embrace whatever has happened. Nothing is wasted. Nothing is gone. Let's seize that failure of the past and examine it. And allow it to add to us and help us journey forward into success. Matais, the first parsha. The staff, the firm stick. We need to journey with certain principles that must not change. You have to have certain basic beliefs. Otherwise, where are you going and what's holding you along that dangerous journey? What must not change? We mustn't change our resistance to evil. There needs to be an understanding of what is good and what is not good. That resistance to negativity, to God forbid hurting others, to God forbid stepping out of our relationship with God, that resistance gives us the stability on which to base our continued 
journey. But it mustn't just be a journey. We want to go upward. Think of the ladder. There must be a continuous ascent. We are in the weeks now of descent. Yerida, the nation, has suffered. And unfortunately, these weeks are scary sometimes. But we must ascend. We must keep our eye on the fact that Yerida Tzorah the journey is upward. In addition, when we realize that there has been divine providence in our falling down, we don't land anywhere just by accident. We have shared the letter that the Rebbe wrote to a prisoner who asked, why am I here? He'd begun to study while in prison, to study the Torah, to study the Tanya, and he came to realize that the footsteps of man are directed by God, and he wanted to know, why am I here? And apparently the Rebbe said that in dark places there is great light, and only certain souls can actually release that light. And you are there to access light. If we look at every difficult situation, God forbid ill health, God forbid loss, God forbid loss on any level. If we look at the difficulties and the failures as they were, as places we've landed because there's light that we have to access, then the Yerida becomes Tzorachalia. The descent is for a higher ascent. We fall in the very areas that Hashem sees that we need in order for us to rise and for us to ascend. So there's Hashkocha Protis. There's divine providence in our falls. We need to rise. We need to harness positivity. We also need to remember that we need to be aware of others around us who are falling. And we need to help others rise. And the amazing thing is that when we help others to rise, our own ascent is augmented immeasurably. To rise and help others rise. And we need to see the transition that's taking place, although it will continue in the whole book of Bamidbar, of Devarim, the whole book of Deuteronomy. The Jewish nation stands now on the threshold of entry into the Holy Land. Where are they coming from? They're coming from the safe, protected area, the desert, where they had daily manna, where there was water from the rock, where the clouds of glory protected them and washed their clothing and caused their clothing to grow with them, where they had spiritual input in a visible way on a daily basis. And that's why the parents didn't want to leave the desert. It was only the children who were going to enter the promised land. And in our lives, what is the desert? The desert is a secluded area, a protected area, a safe area. And that would be analogous to total spiritual 
surroundings. A spiritual environment. Safe, protected, connected. However, the goal was not to stay in the desert. The goal was to create a synthesis between spiritual and physical, which could only happen in the land. The main goal is to remain spiritually alive and vibrant and growing in Eretz Israel. Settling down to mundane material living and still being able to access godly consciousness. And so the Torah and prayer and good deeds, which are the three foundations of the world, are the three pillars of the world, the three supports that help us not only to attain our goal, but they keep us on track. Torah comes from above. Torah has been given from the hand of God, from above, all the way down into this world, where God manifests in the Torah through concepts that we can understand. Prayer is a ladder which stands on the ground and reaches all the way up into the heavens. Prayer has levels, level upon level, and we must go higher and higher and higher through all the stages from the Modani till we come to the Amidah, the Shmona Esra. Life is about change, growing, ascending. And each one of us begins our day like a child before his father with prayer. And from there we move into Torah study where it is like a student before his teacher. And from there we move into the world where we live in the mundane world doing goodness and kindness, being guided, our minds having been directed by Torah thoughts, godly thoughts, being able to infuse the physical world with a godly consciousness. So in wishing you a good Shabbos and reminding you that candle lighting is 518, our wish is that through doing what we can on our journeys, we will bring comfort to our Father and his dream of this world being a godly place and a home for him be realized immediately. A good Shabbos, a good Tomid.